good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever and whenever you are listening or watching today's podcast. I'm Adam Parry, the editor of Event Industry News, and today I'm joined by the wonderful Juliet Tripp. Um, Juliet is your go-to girl for all things events, personal development and wellness. She's a professional speaker in the events industry, and really I've seen her doing a great job at empowering women and helping event profs globally kind of match and reach their goals so julia welcome to the podcast thank you thank you so much for having me excited to be here yeah um julia i guess most people if they've seen you online will know you as juliet trip juliet trip events but actually um and news to me this morning as well that is that you actually are a senior event manager for chemical watch is that correct yes it's correct so i yeah i'm planning international events um, right now. Obviously, it's, it's August 2020, so mm-hmm. planning lots of virtual events um, soon to move into a hybrid format. But yeah, I kind of juggle um, my full-time job, which I absolutely love, and personal brand building, side hustles, and all of that. Perfect. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But just very briefly, I guess, what's it been like for you transitioning from physical events now having to plan kind of online events? How have you personally found that transition do you know what it's been amazing and I definitely count my blessings every day that I still have a job and I'm very lucky Mm -hmm. to still be working and and be busy but it's certainly been tough it's a learning curve Um, it's meant a lot of hours I don't like working from home I'm an extrovert I need to be around people so that's been tough Um, and I just know I love I love traveling I love seeing people and creating these these moments live but we can't do that right now so it's been great to have an alternative and be able to do that yeah I think there's many many people in the same um space as you I personally I never thought I'd say this but I can't wait to walk an exhibition hall like I never thought I'd say that but I'm I'm so desperate to get back to an event um and we're the same we're planning hours now for November I guess just to give listeners or the viewers a little bit of your background how did you get to where you are today how did you get to be senior event manager for for chemical watch then so i guess this is kind of a cliche but i fell into the industry many of us do um i've always loved organizing i think since i was a child i used to sort of write letters to family and friends inviting them to parties and um i've always had it in my blood and my background's performing arts so okay. i um i've always i've done a bit of performing dance classes and stuff and i studied english and drama at university in London, in Greenwich, which I loved. Um, Mm. But I obviously needed a job to fuel um, being a student in London um, and wanting to make make the most of it. So I ended up working um, part-time for an event company um, event staffing agency and it I the work I was doing was either waitressing or bar work mm-hmm. going on to floor managing but at the best events all over London so I was at award ceremonies royal palaces private parties celebrity events you name it and it just made me see like the incredible powers of the event industry and when I first did like a huge event and um, my first event that I did was at um, Billingsgate or Billingsgate Market and yeah. it was like a 20-hour shift and I was like this is it now this is what I am going to do for the rest of my life and um, and I, so I just as I say fell into it and then I actively sort of seeked out opportunities to um, create events be part of events so that was still kind of on my theatre side so a bit yeah. of theatre production and things 
Um, then I went away to America um, every summer for a few years. I was performing arts director of a summer camp. But again, I was always creating moments, creating events. Um, and then since then, sort of took it a bit more seriously, realized I need a full-time job now. Um, so started working in events roles. And I've been venue side, I've been freelance side, and now um, in the B2B conferences side, which I absolutely love. So that's, that's 10 years in a nutshell, uh, zoomed up. Um, and found lots of opportunities to just get involved and just be a part of, of events in the industry. Yeah, that's amazing. I think it's very much a similar story to most successful people within the sector. I feel like in the dictionary, event managers should actually have the definition of just fell into it because I feel like that is the the theme. But I think for me personally, the way that I would really define it is events are really seductive. They like pull you in and, and, you know, 20 hour shifts, 30 hour shifts, adrenaline, um, the the pressure of a deadline that is immovable. Like there's not many other things in this industry, even like planes and everything else, you know, flights can get delayed, cancelled, whatever. If your event doesn't happen on the time scheduled, then you've ultimately failed on delivering yeah. that event, right? So it's like, there's so much about it. There's this this pressure but you know diamonds are created under pressure and I think that's what the events industry is about really we create these fantastic things and you either love it or you hate it I think there's no in between really it's like you you either love traveling on site the pressure deadlines all that kind of stuff or that's just not for you and I think those people who were kind of that way inclined just really find a home in the events industry um so yeah it's, it's great to hear that you've had a similar path to many people that I've interviewed on the Event Industry News podcast. Um, But today we're here to talk about kind of like, maybe it's your side hustle, I don't know, maybe that's the way that we put it, but you've been extremely good at building a personal brand for yourself, engaging as a speaker, engaging on social media, podcasts, interviews, content, all that kind of stuff. Why was that so important to you to do? Because you have a really good job, like why... Why do all this extra work? Sure, I guess that's a question maybe I should ask myself. But um, <laughs> it's, I just understood that I had a voice. I had stuff that I needed to say, um, mm-hmm. that I needed to share with the industry, that, you know, ways that I wanted to connect with my industry peers, and I needed a platform to do that. Um, so I guess my personal brand started when I realised I was posting so many pictures on my personal Instagram of events and canapes and hotels and I just needed to split that up so I literally mm-hmm. just replicated my Instagram account but just put events at the end of it yeah. um, and just started posting more on there and then that grew into me realizing actually I want to speak more so I had a blog and then um, wanted to speak on stage and I, I guess it just it provides a platform to me to be fully me and everything that I want to share and engage in stuff that matters to me and help people and put out content that might encourage someone to take a leap or to learn about a new side of the industry, anything like that, which is just so important to me. So it's really just grown from there. And I just, I love creating content and engaging with the industry. I guess that that takes me on to my next question. There's, There's probably many people listening to this podcast or watching the video because there's a desire in within them a burning need or to do something creative and maybe to start speaking or they want to build a name for themselves in the right way like for those that are in in the industry looking to create a personal brand and craft that 
like what's your biggest tip to them in terms of starting out on that journey knowing your why and knowing your niche so it's all very well doing what i did you know a few years back um i was able to stand out but right now there are so many people who are starting to create personal brands and the ones that stand out are the ones that have a why they know their reason and they know what they are offering their community whether that's online or offline so you certainly have to do the work and that's not to say you can't jump into it and start you know go all guns blazing but actually just understanding you know who's your audience who do you want to appeal to how can you help them what have you got to offer the world that's different than what I've got to offer the world because once you've done that work that's going to be your strategy and keep you aligned with everything throughout yeah I think it's really interesting that you you and you like you say you understand what you're offering because I think it can be online especially on social media it it can easily you can easily fall into the trap of doing what others are doing to be seen to be doing something right like it's like oh well they've put a piece of content out on this or they've shot a video in this way or they're doing this motion online so maybe I should do something exactly the same and then it doesn't really work does it because it doesn't become a differentiator at all have you found that yeah massively and it's got to align with you and who you are as a person because it's so easy to compare yourself to people online right we Mm -hmm. all do it we're doing it all the time but when you can truly stand on your own stage in your own spotlight that's when it's going to be natural for you to be posting stuff that actually you know that really showcases your voice and what you have to say certainly don't do it because you feel the pressure for everyone else to do it if that's the reason then it's the wrong reason and now isn't the right time so take that time to work it out um because soon you'll run out of things to do. So if you're looking at, okay, so everyone's doing Instagram live, so I need to do them too. Well, that's not really going to work. You might do a couple and do them very well, but you can only go so far with stuff that isn't born from your passion and your soul. So you've got to do the work. You've got to figure out why it is that you want to create your personal brand and put content out there. Yeah, I don't know whether you agree with this as well, um, as well as as doing something different, I feel like most people give up too soon. Mm-hmm. Like there's no consistency in any of the content delivery, and maybe that that's sometimes because they've not managed it, they've not put that 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 plan in place. Maybe they don't see the results as quick as they, they'd hope. Everybody wants to be Insta famous overnight, right? Like I can remember on event industry news when we first launched our Twitter like number one follower was me like that's it like I followed the account and now we're like 50 something thousand but that's taken a decade right like that's taken a lot of work a lot of time a lot of management and consistency in order to to achieve that now that's a that's a company account so it's slightly different but do you do you think that's one of the key principles is is consistency and, and putting a plan in place because yeah yeah massively i think there's two parts to it and i think yes have a plan that's great um but your plan doesn't need to be i'm going to post at monday morning at 8 Mm a.m every week and then at tuesday and because that's not natural but i think you've got to stick with it and it comes back to if you're doing stuff if you're creating stuff for the right reasons you'll want to stick at it and knowing your audience and knowing that if you've got a small audience who are super engaged, that is a million times better than an audience of thousands who don't really care, who aren't really connected, who, you know, you bought followers or you're, you're appealing yeah. to people for the wrong reasons. Like, 
if and if you are doing stuff because you truly care about it um online and offline that audience your network will go with you and they'll grow with you and that's so important to remember yeah absolutely i guess what what do you see as some of the ways that creating a personal brand can help individuals like i know some would look at it very much down the level of career path like it helps maybe to get that next opportunity when it comes to roles etc but outside of that what do you think are some of the the key benefits to building a personal brand long term yeah well there are many and that's certainly one but i think it's creating and crafting your voice so what it is that your niche is what it is Mm -hmm. that you have to say and understanding because that's going to stand you in amazing stead either for future opportunities but just knowing yourself and knowing your values so there are certain things that i'm always talking about so a lot of that's my my international size um and then my personal development side and how i can support people with that so that's my niche and if you see my content you'll know that that's what I'm all about. Um, but that that really helps me align myself with my values in everything. So if it's if I'm offered a speaking opportunity, does it align with my values that I've set out in my personal brand? Yes, great, no, no thank you. They're better off finding someone else. And, and knowing what you stand for is so important. Um, and that's just, it's gonna help you no end, whether you're a freelancer, whether you work full time or in any role. I think that's a really interesting point there and and you kind of said it without saying it is learning to when to say no like not every good opportunity is a great opportunity we we kind of as individuals we have a finite amount of time right Mm -hmm. and funnily enough I don't know whether you felt the same but as you become I don't want to say the word influencer, but as you kind of, you, you know, you go up in your influence because of your network, your social, the, the work that you've put in for the years, then more opportunities come, right? It's, it's kind of a snowball effect. Yeah. But then what becomes harder is saying no to people. One, because a lot of the time people take it very personally when you, when you say no to them. Yeah. So you need to hone a craft and a skill of saying no nicely. Um, and but firmly um, but like you say understanding it's very much it's very very hard to understand like you say does this benefit me wholeheartedly or is it just a good opportunity kind of thing so yeah. I, I guess you may have felt the same as you've grown your social network yeah. and your your influence that that kind of crops up as well right yeah that's so true and again i don't like the term influencer but i do have influencers in the industry and i do have um influencer opportunities coming my way some of which i take if they align with my values and they're they're going to help me and it's i feel like i've got something to offer but i also get people approach me for sort of influencer partnerships or um podcast interviews all sorts and if it's something that i don't have anything to offer then no, I'm not going to do it. And it comes down to that skill of saying no. I think every event interview that I've ever had, one of the questions has been, can you say no? Do you know how to say no? And knowing your boundaries. And it's so important, especially in events, because we're used to long hours. We're used to going all out. And Mm -hmm. I'm such an all or nothing person. So I have to make sure that what I'm agreeing to, I believe in. And if it's a podcast, like, have I listened to that podcast? Do I enjoy it? Do I believe in, um, you know, all the messages that are being put out there? Because you can't, it's great to say yes to everything. And I'm a great believer in say yes, figure it out later. That's fine. But if your expertise and your experience doesn't align with that opportunity, then it's not going to help you. Like you can say yes to going on stage and presenting Mm. about something 
But if you're not an expert in it, it's not going to make you look great because you're not going to have enough to say or you're going to be presenting someone else's views or you might ace the presentation, then it will get to a Q&A and suddenly your mind will go blank. Yeah, and, I think that's so uh, just, important. Yeah. yeah, know what you're agreeing to and start small. Like, yes, it's great to jump all in. I see so many people who are like, I'm going to say yes, I'm going to do it all. But do it all, but do it all well. And if you can't, then just pick and choose, be selective. Yep. And a lot of this is that a lot of these opportunities are not paid, they're not paying your bills. So if they're not, then then you can be even more selective. Yeah, and just because you say no once does not mean that that organisation, individual, whatever, won't automatically not come back to you. Like, it, it, I think that's a misconception that many people hold. If I, if I say no now, then it will lead on to well it will lead on to me not getting another opportunity with that organization and that's not necessarily the case actually my my own personal experience is sometimes when you say no because it doesn't and you give a reason like this doesn't align because of this this and this or i'm not prepared or i don't have a presentation on this whatever you actually get a lot more respect from that organization um and, and even more so like if you think that it is something you're quite happy to do but let's say you don't want to do it for free be very open to having just have a conversation with them is there any remuneration around this my time is quite short at the moment i have some to allocate but it needs to be it needs to have an income aligned with it otherwise i can't allocate the time to it and i think that's something that people really need to bear in mind as they grow that um personal brand as well i think i think that's super super important but i guess that brings it let's expand on that element a little bit like how do you personally manage all of that and how, what's your advice to people not getting overwhelmed with all the opportunities and all the ways that they can kind of build that personal brand what's your experience i really keep going back to the start because this is this <laughs> point is so important to every conversation but if you know your niche and if you have a mission statement that is you know on your desk that is written everywhere in your brain that's on your phone wherever then you can check any opportunity against that. So you can make sure that your opportunity that you've been presented with aligns with that mission and that vision and what you have to offer the world. So that's a quick yes or no. Um, And just making sure, like, you need to know your boundaries. And right now in this crazy post-lockdown virtual Mm -hmm. world, it's very difficult to have boundaries. We're all finding ourselves working from home, not taking lunch breaks, working longer hours, all of this stuff. So why then do you want to add even more if it's not going to help you and you might think oh you know if i say yes to everything it's going to create more opportunities it might help me get a new job or whatever but it's not going to help you get a new job if you get burnout and then you're not focused so just you've got to know your own limits and be really you have to be tough on yourself sometimes and understand when it's important to take a break and it's important to say no and that's a lesson that i've had to learn the hard way but i have now and i know how to move forward with it yeah, it's, it's really interesting to say that because I guess what's probably happened, I'm guessing, or I've see, started to see as well on, on certain platforms is because people have hit a gap or, or some downtime, then they've gone to focus on building a personal brand. And, and you mentioned it very much earlier that there's this kind of, all of a sudden during the pandemic, there's a lot more noise because there's a lot more people pushing stuff out there. But I would guess that for you, having a voice during this time has been made a lot more easier by the fact that you've done years worth of investment in yourself and your own personal brand and built that up, right? Anybody starting out right now is tough because yeah. there's so much. But your 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 
you're riding off the equity that you've built yourself in in that personal brand and and you've been able to I've seen you pop up all over the place so you've, you're very very visible in a good way Julie in a good Thank way you. don't, don't, don't. <laughs> um so I guess I guess that's one of the things coming back to that investment is it's it's not initially visible right there and then when you start right it's it's in the in the years to come where that will pay off when it comes to a job role or pay off when it comes to a a freelance opportunity or a speaking gig or something like that right yeah so true and you've got to play the long game and Mm -hmm. you use the term investment which is also so important um i have learned to invest both time and money into building myself um, and creating, you know, a better, better opportunities for myself, or just uh, like honing my experience, getting more expertise in, in certain areas. So I am like paying for online courses. I am um, paying for like premium versions of websites, of apps, yep. and stuff because it gets to the point where yes, there's so much that you can do for free, but when you want to like elevate and step up to the next level, and how can I? put out content to the world if I'm not an expert in it and if I can't invest in myself how are other people going to invest in me and what I'm doing so that's super important as well yeah no I think one of the things that I've seen more recently is that there's been a huge amount of opportunity for the industry to invest in themselves with digital skills with learning about live streaming event platforms digitization you know, um, let's say you're in charge of sponsorship or revenue driving for your organization. Like, I know a lot of struggled with quantifying how they transition that into online or virtual. And all of that information and content and, and, and availability of that has been available, for, in my opinion, for the last decade. Like, yeah. platforms and this way of working has not just popped up overnight. Like, this is how the whole world works in terms of delivering content online. And if a lot more of the industry had invested in themselves in learning that kind of stuff, then the transition would have been a little bit smoother. I'm not saying it wouldn't have been as painful, but it would have at least, like the amount of organizations I've talked to that have really struggled with the speed at which they need to upskill their team and them, and themselves as well. Like just because you are a physical event manager does not necessarily mean that also transitions online because then it becomes very much more technical, right? Doesn't yes. it? Um, yeah. So yeah, you, you are absolutely right. The investment in yourselves, whether that's the, the technology, the platforms that you use to create your content or just yourselves in terms of your own skill set and stuff, it's so, so important. And I think we'll see a lot more of that in the sector going forward as well. People will really themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess let's, Let's talk about some of your top tips then, like, because there is so much you can do. Like you say, there's Instagram lives, there's vlogging, there's blog content, there's like, what in your opinion right now um, is is some of the best things to do? What's your like top three tips in terms of investing your time and your effort? What What's working for you in terms of gaining traction, let's say? Sure. So... I will just proceed this by saying I am not a TikToker and I will not be joining TikTok. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm on TikTok. <laughs> Everyone say, why aren't, you, why aren't you on it yet? But I think you have to do what you know you can do and do it well. So right now, people need connection. So mm-hmm. are you providing opportunities for people to connect? Um, what can you offer, I think, is important right now. What can you offer the world? Because we're all kind of uncertain. We're trying to... Yeah 
figure out what on earth the world's going to look like. So how are you serving your community? Figuring that out, aligning it with your values is so important. So for example, I am um, showing up for my community with like personal development tips, but I'm also keeping it real um, because I think that that's what people want to see. And I do that when I'm running live events as well. So I don't necessarily just want to see um, photos of flashy hotels. I'll show you what I'm doing, how I structure my workday when I'm on site or how I deal with jet lag and stuff. So I think it's like the person behind it is super important. Um, so that was probably like four tips rolled into one. Um, but making so just, sure just, that that, just that. on that then, do you share the post 20 hour shift backstage, absolutely wiped out in the high vis vest, very unglamorous kind of content as well as I call it, the real stuff? Yeah, you've got to see the real stuff because I think people have looked at what I've done and said, oh, it must be so glamorous. You know, Mm. all those first class flights. Are you kidding me? I've never (laughs) been first class in my life. Um, But you've got to show that because there's so much grind and hustle and hard work. And it's not just party planning. You know that everyone listening probably knows that. But, uh, you know, our friends and family don't see that. And um, it can be quite frustrating sometimes. Um, So I think it's really important to show and as an industry influence or as someone who has got significant experience in the industry i want to show people that are coming in to the industry the kind of skills that you need and the way you need to adapt and actually what it looks like to be running um international events because it's not all glamorous um so yeah i love to show all sides and i think i do that and you know that that ties up really nicely with how you and so many start out right people accidentally fall into it i mean even the evises fell into organizing glastonbury ultimately just because the opportunity and they had some land and they started throwing parties and i know so many people like that but what's really hard is the definition of the career path going forward right yes there are great universities out there and you went to one yourself which can give you the the foundation of event management as a degree Mm -hmm. but sometimes you know your situation doesn't actually allow you to go to that maybe that's financial time whatever circumstance but I guess what the what you're showing is that there are so many different ways that you can invest in yourself and upskill and you know create great opportunity going forward um, for yourself and, and do that with with what you're doing here um I'd like to ask you a little bit more about what you're currently speaking on and, and what are the hot topics for you? Because I, I always find it really interesting what niche people are, are focusing themselves around. That's such a good question. I think right now so many people are like, oh, we need you to speak about virtual. Okay, great. Mm. But I'm not, I'm not an AV person. I'm not a technical expert. But what I can offer is a strategy and a goal setting So I'm speaking more about strategy than ever before, Um, how to set event goals, how to set personal goals that align with the goals for your events, how to have a strategy, how to weave different things into your strategy. So for example, wellness or virtual event engagement, like that, my niche is always going to be the the strategic thinking, the goal setting, the drive, um, and that can align with so many different areas. So I think, you know, if that's something that, um, that you need a speaker on um i'm certainly someone that can speak to that because that's what i always have as my focus in my core and what's one of your goals then what was one of the goals that you set yourself for for 2020 if there's a time frame on it that is like i I don't know how it works for yourself personally but what's one of your goals 
Oh, I've got so many. Um, <laughs> and I think I used to just set a goal. I used to set goals that were just based on career. So it'd be like mm. getting a promotion or working in this industry. And it's so important to make sure that your goals align with your passions. And I speak about this every day. Um, and, and I love helping people in that. But I think one of mine is to go more international with my speaking. So mm. I love presenting. Um, I have done for some time. I'm speaking at a lot more um, international virtual events, but I just can't wait until I can fly more and, and actually speak at international events too. So that's something that I'm working on right now. So, you know, just by saying it now, putting it out there to the universe, if you're listening, if you need an international speaker 2021, let me know. There you go. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I totally align with that as well. And, and so many times, like we live in this digital world, don't we, where everything can be stored online. Like, you know, I've got like, I've now currently got my Apple notes open with like a bajillion of them. But what I personally do, which I find really important, is to actually physically write some of those goals down in a notepad. Yeah, I think you mentioned post-it notes earlier. Yeah. Because you can start to visual. I think there's something, um, I don't know what the word is, but there's something ingrained in us that when we write something down physically, it becomes a manifestation of what you want to achieve, right? Yeah. And that, for me, has been so great in going, right, what are the three or five things that I want to achieve this year one of them might be you know business-led or personal development-led speaking that kind of stuff but I always try and throw in some kind of stuff personally um you know and that could be just like start to learn a few phrases in another language it doesn't need yes. to be learn French or learn yes. Spanish it's learn a little bit and I think that's the other thing is kind of breaking down some of the goal setting into smaller chunks as well to keep you on track that can be replaced with new stuff but it doesn't have to be this massive kind of project does it no and i could speak about this for hours but you can set like crazy wild big goals once you've set them they belong to you you will make them happen you absolutely can but it's those steps along the way and they also translate into little small wins that you can celebrate mm -hmm. because it can be playing the long game for some of these big goals and if you've got little steps that you can celebrate um that you can know that you've achieved that's really important and also without going to sort of woo woo and spiritual like if you write stuff down as if it's already happened it's like the law of attraction you're believing it um, so you can achieve yeah, it and subconsciously yeah. you just find all these opportunities coming your way because you're open about it and you put it out there. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't think it's woo, Julia. I believe in the power of words, like yeah. what you speak, the words that you come out of your mouth, the, the thoughts that you have. It, it's not magic. It doesn't like, I want to be a millionaire tomorrow. It doesn't work. That's not what we're on about here, is it? It's I'm going to make this small improvement tomorrow or I'm going to stop saying this because I feel that it has a negative impact on where I want to get to, right? Yeah. And I think the the happiest people, the the people that are maybe the most successful, and that, that I, I urge on caution when I say that because this is not true for everybody, but they have a very... Um, affirmative approach to their own personal career and how they see themselves that it's almost like there is no there are no barriers to where somebody can get to people put barriers in front of themselves I can't do that because of this this and this I can't do yeah. that because of this this and this well if somebody's done it then you can too it's just they've probably dedicated 
a large proportion of their effort and time in order to achieving that one single like let's take Mo Farah right I can't run as fast as Mo Farah well you can but to be fair you might be a little bit late to the mark if you're only starting now he's he's dedicated his whole life to being able to run like that and I think that's the way that I look at things that the power of words are very important writing things down having that having it in your vocabulary as you talk as you say, maybe even using that as the type of content that you push out, whether that's blog content, Instagrams, interviews, all that kind of stuff, really reinforces and helps you get to where you want to go. At least that's my own personal experience. Yeah, Yeah, so true. And you can make it work for you. Like you can be clever and selfish with your content and use it to help you. So if you've got a niche, if you want to get a job um, that's maybe more tech focused, you want a virtual Mm -hmm. events role, are you posting about virtual events? Are you showing your expertise? Are you placing yourself as an expert within the industry? Because if you are, that's when those opportunities are going to come your way. Yeah, it's so important that you can niche yourself down. Don't get trapped in the fact that I have to talk about everything. I have to talk about sustainability, wellness, tech, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's too much. People don't actually engage with content that way. I know I personally don't. Like, a lot of my content that I personally absorb outside of news and and things like Instagram and stuff is YouTube. And within those YouTubers, shall we say, those content creators, I have ones for de- certain different things. Maybe that's fitness or cooking or they don't, like the cooking guy doesn't do the gym uh, videos as well. Not all of the time, but some of the time. They they focus on a, on a particular theme, don't they? And that's what people gravitate towards. And I think that's so, so important, like they say. Julia, I, I, I'm sure you have a super busy day ahead of you. But where can, where can our audience connect up with you? Where can they find information or content that you've put out about that, about wellness and personal development? What, where's the best place to connect up with you? So I'd say Instagram's definitely my power platform. So I'm at Juliet Trip Events on Instagram. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at Juliet Trip with an underscore because someone's stolen my uh, Twitter. Um, my <laughs> website is juliettripevents.com. So there's blogs on there. There's my e-zine that I create every couple of weeks. And I also have, if you're interested in personal development, goal setting, I have a membership and community for event profs called Event Goal Getters, which is eventgoalgetters.com and on Instagram too. Um, and that can help you to set and slash your goals as an event prof. So I have one final question before we go, Julia. But interestingly, about the Twitter thing, do you know it's actually illegal? It's not illegal. It's against their terms and terms of service that if you were to try and acquire that handle, that's against them and you can get banned. Wow. Like if you actually try and pay somebody for it, somebody approached me about a yeah. handle and they got banned. Wow. Yeah, I didn't report them, funnily enough. It was not. It was like, oh, we have this brand that is your company like would you like to purchase it next thing it's like this this account has been banned yeah so don't ever try and do that anybody that's listening (laughs) just stick with what you've got um you mentioned tiktok earlier right (laughs) yeah what's your opinion then now on facebook essentially carbon copying and cloning that and creating reels on instagram is that something that you're going to use do you see that as a content opportunity on that platform Maybe, but it goes down to the type of content. So as you can all tell from this podcast, I'm a talker. I like to talk and I like to have the time to sort of Mm -hmm. get my message across. So for me, the stuff that works better is like Instagram TVs where I can really get to grips with a topic or interview someone on a particular topic. I think, yes, reels are fun, but 
I just don't, I just don't know. Right now, I think if I was to use TikTok, I, I lie, actually, I did download TikTok because there was a fitness challenge that I um, made my husband do <laughs> and then deleted it afterwards because I wanted to try it. It was like a plank challenge to music. Um, but I think it has to align with who you are and what you have to offer the world. And I feel like right now, the content that I'm putting out doesn't align with TikTok. And yes. that is, essentially, it's the same sort of format with Reels. So that's not to say I won't try it. I'm always open to try everything. Who knows what's around the corner? Um, but I'm going to focus on the stuff that I know that I can do really well and leave that stage open for people that do that other stuff really well. So everybody that's listening to this podcast or watching it, this was recorded on the 10th of August at 10.41. If you see Julia posting on TikTok, let me know because we'll, we'll, we'll call her out on it. But yeah. Julia... <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on today. This has been really, really informative to me and I'm glad that you are doing what you're doing. It's very important that somebody like yourself is putting this kind of advice and content and out for the industry to absorb absolutely at the moment because it's going to be very important going forward depending on what the events industry looks like post-corona. Post um, Juliet, thank you very much for having, uh, coming on today and we'll catch you in the next one. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.